Hey, welcome to the Realness Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. Got an awesome guest here today, and it's her birthday. Everybody wish her a birthday. Hey, happy birthday. Her name is Danielle Burnock, and she is an international award-winning author, speaker, podcast host, and trauma-informed self-love coach. So that's what I want to hear more about. Danielle, thank you for coming here on your birthday. Oh, I'm so excited to do this on my birthday, especially what we're going to talk about that article I got to share with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you you are sharing your big birthday with us and, and you're a big believer in celebrating birthdays, but it wasn't always like that. So what kind of changed your mind? Why do you uh, why do you focus on the birthday so much? Uh, well, celebrating birthdays was very big to me as a kid. <clears throat> and my birthday's always been kind of like a thing. But then I got to a certain age in my life where I struggled with the birthday. Like when I turned 50, that was, uh, I just, but you think about it. It's like, well, if you don't celebrate your birthday, what's, what's your other option? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have another year around the sun. You have another year celebrate life. So I've had difficult birthdays, ones that I really mourned. Like when I turned 20, I'm one of those weirdos who mourned when I turned 20. A lot of people, you know, they celebrate when they turn 21 and they mourn other things, but the teen was gone from my life. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just really struggled with that. But as a kid, I, my birthday was very important, especially because it got tied in with my trauma that I had as a kid. My mom's birthday was the day before mine, and they just jumbled them together a lot oh, of the time. No, the combo and, birthdays. Oh no. And I got lost, but that it fed into a lot of the other trauma because the trauma just really weaved like a big messy spider web together. But yes, I love celebrating my birthday, celebrating victories, celebrating is an important thing to do in many aspects in life. That's right. Hey, not everyone gets to celebrate another birthday. Not, you know, tomorrow's not promised. So you've got a cool quote that I like. It says, the power in ce celebrating your birthday is what you focus on. So tell us a little bit more about that. Oh yeah, because that one year that I struggled so badly was because I was struggling, I was looking at what I was losing. I was looking at what was the negative, you know, like, oh, and, and worrying about this or that or the other thing. And I was focusing, like when I turned 20, I was focusing on how I was no longer a teenager. Oh my goodness. And, you know, life as we know it is over <laughs> kind of thing. And, and other times, you know, you, you look at what you're losing, but if you struggle, if you change that perspective to what do you have and what are you gaining and how far have you come and what can you celebrate in life? We can always celebrate something in life. I woke up today. I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm healthy. I'm going to celebrate that. And you should, right? Yeah. Yep. So uh, what was the turning point? When did you go from the kind of not really celebrating birthdays to, hey, I'm celebrating anything and everything I can about my birthday? <clears throat> ah. I'm not quite sure where the exact line was. I don't know that it was such an instantaneous kind of thing. It might've been through writing my book, Emerging with Wings and dealing with the trauma in my past and becoming a different person. Because like I said, turning 50 was really hard for me, but I didn't write my book until I was 55. <laughs> so it was after that time in, in dealing with those pains and dealing with a thing of the past and seeing a new future and building a new future and taking ownership of your life and where you want your life to go. You take ownership of your past by 
dealing with it and processing it and reformatting it and turning it into things you can learn instead of it just being a wound that festers and causes pain and agony. So you can change. You have to make a choice. You know, we only get one, one life. There's a quote I love by Carol Burnett. Only you can change your life. No one can do it for you. That's right. And there's great power in that, right? That's, a, that's the best thing you will hear. So if you're listening right now, that's the best thing you'll hear all day because you have the power to do it right now. You don't need anything extra. You don't have to special training. You can just decide and start, start changing your life. So tell me a little bit, how did you decide to write that book? What, how did that come about? Well, for years, people said I should write a book. I didn't. <laughs> like most people, they say 81% of people want to write a book and only 4% do. I thought about it and I didn't know how and years went by because I was dealing with trauma as I knew. I didn't know. I wasn't aware of all the trauma in my life. I had dismissed it as normal. I didn't recognize it as trauma, but I dealt with the things that I knew and I grew a lot and I changed a lot. So I wanted to share that with people. And one day, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in Jesus. So I have a prayer time in the morning. And this one particular morning, I was reading this particular devotional because I still remember it was September 29th of that year. And the title of that devotional was Dare to Decide. And it was that day I dared to decide, okay, I'm going to write a book. Great. What does that mean? How do you do that? <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> but I decided that day to do it. And I sat down and started. I don't even remember exactly what I did that first day, but I started to sit down and do that. Did a lot of research, Google. I completely self-taught, self-published on purpose because back then people would buy your story if they bought it and then it wouldn't belong to me anymore. I'm right. like, that's my story. I'm not giving my story. No, I'm writing this. It's, it's my story. So I self-published it very intentionally. I took classes and courses that I could find online through uh, LinkedIn. They have a thing called lynda.com. I took courses through that. I became, um, I took other courses and took people's um, freebies and webinars. And I just did so much research, reading blogs and everything, the legalities and copyrights and learned about, you know, title pages and copyright pages and front matter and back matter and, and what does bleed mean? And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I never knew how much went into writing a book. People tend to think you write a book, you sit down, you write something and boop, it's a book. <laughs> there is so much more to it. Like even thinking about what font do you want to use? I mean, the font has to be chosen and what right. size font? And how big are your spaces on there? And are you going to have page numbers? Are you not going to have page numbers? Are you going to have the titles at the top of the page? It's like, there are a lot of decisions to be made with that. And it, it was just, it's quite a growing experience. Anyone who is even thinking about doing it, I would encourage them in that direction. I was going to say push, but I don't want to be <laughs> forceful about that. Encourage them to start. You know, even if you end up just writing it for yourself, or for your family, I mean, it can be very useful. It's very cathartic. Writing a book, especially about yourself, is very cathartic. If you have trauma and things in your life, it brings healing. I, Oprah Winfrey told Tyler Perry to 
right. And that's how he ended up becoming what he is now. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think everybody has a book in them, right? So I think everybody has their, their unique story that they can tell, whether, you, whether it's for anyone else or not. That's a great point. And if you've never written a book, it is like building a house. There's a thousand decisions you have to make, little decisions that really add up. You're like, my gosh, I thought it was just paper and words, you know? Yeah. So yeah, even down to the font, you're like, well, I don't, what is Roman? What is this? Well, I don't know Romans and Verdana. Well, what are they, <laughs> serifs or not serifs? Yeah. What's a serif? Yeah, who is a serif guy? Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's a great, it's, hey, I'm not gonna lie to you, it's painful. But it's a great experience if you've never written a book. So, and and you you talked some earlier about just the power of making that decision, and and anyone can do that right now. And something, and you also talked about your crazy life story. So I want to get into that. That's that's a, a I'm going to send you the link, you guys a link to her. All these there's ten of these things of her unique life. Uh, we're going to go through some of them, but you got to go read all of them. So let's let's start at the top. So and I, I know several people that have multiple dogs and they love it. But so how many dogs did you have at the peak of your doggedness? At one point, I lived with thirty dogs. Oh my gosh. Did you, was there ever a quiet moment in your house? Uh, I don't know. I've locked <laughs> a lot of it out because of a lot of the trauma in my life. Yeah. Wow. So these dogs, all kind of different dogs, different breeds. So what, how many, 30 dogs? I can't even imagine. Well, they were all the same kind of dog, Labrador Retrievers, <clears throat> black. My parents got into raising Labrador Retrievers. <clears throat> it became their hobby, their obsession. And so they started with one and one became two and, you know, it grew from there. And then they had, you know, the males and the females, they would breed them and they would have the male one. They would, you know, rent him out for stud service. And, you know, we'd do the breeding and all that stuff in the yard, but, but we'd get multiple litters at this one time. We had two litters at the same time and Labrador retrievers don't have small litters. They have larger litters. So between the two litters and the adult dogs, we had 30 dogs. Goodness. I think there was like 12 or 15, like 10. I don't remember how many adults and how many of the puppies. I think it's in the article, the details of how many there were. But between the puppies and the adults, there were 30 dogs. Goodness. I got, I have one dog and he's plenty. <laughs> I'm, I'm a I don't one. have I'm... any dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. You used up all your, your dog sitting powers as a kid. So uh, something else, when you're in eighth grade, around 13 years old, like kids today around that age, they're making TikTok videos. They're, uh, they're probably on Snapchat or something like that. What were you doing? You were in 13, eighth grade area. Ah, I do mention TikTok and I just went back there and go, wow, I wonder if I would have done that. I might've done that. <laughs> I don't know. I was, um, how I was at that age. I was suffering from childhood emotional neglect and didn't know it. I was probably a little bit of your normal rebellious eighth grader mixed in with that. And I didn't like my math teacher. I didn't like her like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she was very overweight and that's when mini skirts were a thing. And she wore these like super, super short dresses like, you know, if she writes on the board, we don't want to see it. Just put your hands down. Thank you. And we didn't like her. And I was in a class that apparently they were followers because I tried this the following year and it didn't work. No one followed. But <laughs> this year, me and one other kid, we were the leaders in the class of trouble. 
we led trouble in the class. And we loved tormenting this poor teacher. <laughs> we would do multiple things just to get on her nerves, just to get her upset. And I don't suggest this to any kids, but I think it's funny looking back, but I wouldn't want my kids to do this to a teacher. So I apologize to all the teachers out there <laughs> for my horrendous behavior as an eighth grader. <laughs> But we did a thing called cattle drive. It was one of the things that we did, me and this other kid. You know, we would just be sitting there, we're doing our work or whatever. And one of us, one of the two of us would yell out cattle drive. And then the entire class, <laughs> the entire class would start scooting their <laughs> desks up to the front of the class, <laughs> mooing. <laughs> Going, moo, <laughs> and scooting. Oh, she would, she about blew a gasket. I got sent to the vice principal's office so many times. See, that would have been on TikTok nowadays. They, they like to put their pranks and stuff on TikTok now. So. Yeah, that was just one of them. We did other ones, but that's the one I, that's, I mean, I don't even know how we came up with that. That's really creative. And, and in unison too, to get everybody on board. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that, yeah. I think that spoke to how much we didn't like that teacher. She was very irritating <laughs> yeah that that's pretty impressive to get all a bunch of teenagers going in the same direction that's pretty tough so and <laughs> let's talk about this how did you uh, how'd you almost get your mom arrested <laughs> okay well um when my mom turned 50 my my brother threw her a birthday party in the backyard and he invited the neighbors well I used to, you know, do drugs, smoke weed and stuff like that. And it's really kind of funny because I had gone on a road trip that I read about in my book. And on my way back, I had a spiritual encounter and reconnected with God. But when I came back, then I was still doing all that stuff. I didn't know any better. But I, I grew pot plants. But now, because I had the spiritual encounter, I named them Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> So I spiritualized, isn't that great? <laughs> uh, but anyways, my mom had <clears throat> this, she had a garden and she had another place where she had other plants and stuff and I had planted them there. And she knew I had planted them there. I don't remember any of the details of that. I look back and go, mom, why did you let me do that? She let me do a lot of things because of the trauma in all of our lives. At this point, my dad had already passed away my mom was raising me and my two brothers by herself and we were not coping well at all <laughs> so i had these pot plants in the backyard and the neighbors came over to celebrate you know my mom's birthday because my brother threw her this big party well one of the neighbors was a policeman <laughs> and he says to my mom he said what are these plants here <laughs> And she said, there's spider plants. And either he believed her because he didn't know enough about that, because I don't know what kind of a policeman he was, how long he'd been in it. I, I don't know. Maybe he smoked it himself for all I know. I was a kid. <laughs> but uh, either he believed her or he blew it off. So um, 
he could have been in jail for that. Oh man! Well, well nowadays you could have your own line of like uh, the Gospels ganja or something like that. You could you could you know get your prototypes out there with the Matthew Mark strain. Yeah, that's, that's no, I don't do that. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, you could now. It's legal in most places. So not in Alabama. That's true. We don't it's we don't legal have all that. here in Michigan. So okay, we don't. Have, Alabama will probably be the last one. So, um, and let's talk about this. You you have a hobby you're addicted to. And you want to break the world record in it. So what's, what's your addictive hobby that you're doing now? Oh, ziplining. I love to go ziplining. Oh, nice. The first time I ever went ziplining was on a trip to Puerto Vallarta with my husband. We went there for our 25th wedding anniversary. And it was the first vacation we'd ever gone on where we could do whatever we wanted. And so we rode ATVs and, and did all parasailing. And, but we did the ziplining. <clears throat> and we were ziplining in the jungle kind of thing. And where we were ziplining at was, oh, I always have to ask him the name of the movie. Was it? Predator. Oh. I know exactly where you're talking about. It's Predator, the movie Predator. Predator. I always want to say Terminator. Yes. Predator. <laughs> well, we ziplined over that helicopter that's in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And a small world, my wife and I have done that same place. Oh, really? It was oh, amazing. Eden is the name of it. Yeah. I don't know if it's still there or not. But... Yeah. It's, it's at least five years ago it was. Oh, yeah, we, we did. That it was our first time there. When you were done, then they would give you shots of tequila, but only, you know, they made you scream. That was something they required of you. <laughs> Every time you go on there, you have to scream or you don't get any tequila. Hey, and if, if you guys haven't been to this place yet, some of these are held together with duct tape. There was duct tape around <laughs> the one really? we went on. Oh, yeah. Oh, so my goodness. Maybe yeah. I wouldn't do that now if I saw duct tape. My there. wife was very nervous, but it was awesome going over the jungle like that. Very cool place. Oh, it was, and screaming really did help because it was a, <laughs> like a release valve, a place for all that fear to come out of you. And going over this really deep ravine where it's like, oh, wow, it was beautiful, too. I was became addicted that time. I think me and my husband have been to... Uh, 13, 15 different zip lines by now in different places. We've been in the Dominican Republic. We've been in um, uh, all different states. I thought there was an, another country. It was Mexico and Dominican Republic and here. I guess that's three. So that's awesome. <laughs> three countries, America and that. Oh, Hawaii also. Hawaii, Maui. Not, I know it's not another country, but it feels like another country. I love <laughs> Maui. And we, we did a zip lining there and it was up so high, you could see the ocean from both on both sides of the island. Oh, uh, that's awesome. It was amazing. And to, to be up that high doing, oh, love doing that. And then I found out that a gentleman, he was in the Guinness Book of World Records. It wasn't any elaborate zip line because I watched this. <laughs> but still, I mean, a lot of people don't even live to this age, let alone to do this. He is 106 and did a zip line to break the Guinness Book of World Records. So All right. We, that is something I hope to do. There you <laughs> Both go. Live that long and zip line. Got to have goals. That's all 106 out zip lining. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you, you've had lots of experiences, good and bad. Uh, what was the switch that allowed you to go where, from where you were, you know, dealing with your trauma to now helping others deal with their trauma? The switch happened with seeing the response of other people. Like when I released my first book, Emerging with Wings, as I said, when I was dealing with my trauma, I had trauma that I didn't know about. And that's because I put myself into counseling to write that first book because I figured that might be kind of smart because I'm going to be revisiting things that aren't so pleasant. 
it was way smarter than I thought <laughs> because I learned a whole bunch of things about myself I didn't know. The second half of the book, I didn't know any of that trauma was trauma or where it came from or how to deal with it until I wrote that book. So when I published the book that was all still really fresh and my greatest fear was that someone would actually read it. Because <laughs> I felt like I stripped off all my clothes and ran around the world naked because yeah. all that stuff was so new to me. But then it was a response to that. People responded to my story, they could relate to it. And then there's a quote in there from that book that's gone viral. It's been translated into different languages and people put it in their presentations, their organizations, their flyers. I still find it, you know, multiple times a week on someone's website and begins with trauma is personal. And that's such a key thing for people to know because people compare their situation to others. It's just the human condition. But when we compare the things we've been through with what someone else has been through, we make a winner and a loser and we make ourselves the loser because, you know, theirs was worse. And so they deserve, you know, something better than us, but trauma is personal and trauma is not the incident either. We, we compare the incidents and the incident isn't even the trauma. It's the wound that's left behind because two people can go through the same thing and one emerge completely fine and one be completely devastated. It's how it, happened to them, how they dealt with it, the support system they had or didn't have around them, um, what their life was like up to then, the situation surrounding how it took place, I, lots of variables. Trauma is an involuntary wound that happens inside of a person. And so it was sharing that with people and people's going, wow. And it, it resonated with them. And I'm like, ah, I should probably work on sharing this more. <laughs> and so I started Googling that. Google's your best friend. If you want to do something new, go to Google first. If you try and go to an influencer, they're going to send you to Google. So start at Google. <laughs> <laughs> and I came across this guy who said every book needs a blog. And I'm like, what is a blog? <laughs> so then I had to find out what that was. And I got a blog. And one thing led to another, and now I do, you know, speaking and coaching. I've written courses, and I have four books, and I'm entertaining the thought of another one or two or three, and things for wanting to provide for others what I wish was provided for me. Terminology, understanding of terminology, uh, validation of things, and the eradication of shame. And what to do with blame, because blame doesn't need to be eradicated. It needs to be taken out, found where it goes, and then put away and move forward. Because people get hung up on it. Either I can't blame anything, like childhood emotional neglect, many people won't own the truth of that because most of it happens with well-meaning parents who were traumatized themselves. So they simply don't have the tools for their children that their children need. So there's no intention. There's no malice. And so like, oh, my, my parents were good. They did the best they, did, they could do. Well, that may be all well and good, but do you have some fallout from that? That's what makes the difference. If you're good to go, then fine. But if you have relationship problems or you, you know, you're on your fifth divorce, I mean, there's a reason for these things. <laughs> you know, it's not just, oops, 
there's reasons for things. And that's what I try to help people with, with my self process I designed. It's see, expose, love, and free. And the E for expose is to get to the bottom. You have to get to the bottom of the reason why. So wow. it was through the resonating with people that how I got to where I am now, because I want, I want to help people to own the truth to own the truth that they're, they have that neglect because then they can heal. You don't have to throw your parents under the bus. I just interviewed someone for my podcast yesterday, so honoring of his dad, but his dad had trauma and he didn't have any emotional tools. He grew up without any emotional nurture, but he knew his dad loved him, but he, he lacked tools and skills, but he could get those later by owning the truth that they were missing. <laughs> But that's, it's hard because emotional neglect is something that's missing and you can't see what isn't there. Right. That's why I have an assessment to help people identify that because they're like, I'm fine. Well, you got this, you got this, you got this, <laughs> you know, to help you identify that because then you can address it and then you can start to thrive in life instead of just survive. That's great. I know there's someone out here that's listening and, and they need some help with, with some trauma in their life. What's the best way? How could they reach out to you? Uh, my website, daniellebernock.com. It's B-E-R-N-O-C-K. It sounds differently. That's why I spell that. And you can connect with my podcast. You can even get to my new website, victoriasouls.com, where I'm going to be building a community and stuff. That's where my courses are at. But everything is at my main, my main one, daniellebernock.com, all my socials, everything you can get there, my books, everything. Perfect. And I will link that in show notes and anything else we need in there. And that article, you got to go check out the rest of our life story on those. Those are very interesting. So Daniel, thank you so much for coming on and, and not only sharing your birthday with us, but also your life story <laughs> and some tips for people out there. So I appreciate what you're doing out there. Thank you so much. This was a blast. Absolutely. So you guys listen right now, please share this with somebody. Someone out there has some trauma that they need help with and, and Danielle can help them with that. You know, that's what we're here to do is help some people out, spread a little positivity, spread these good messages. Danielle, hope you have an awesome birthday. Keep doing what you're doing. You guys follow her to go to her website, check out all of her books, podcasts, everything she's doing out there. Keep up the awesome work. We'll talk to you later, Danielle. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. See you guys later. Wow. What a great episode. You share that with somebody. I'm going to share with you some awesome sponsors. McWilliams Marketing. They can help your business grow. Regardless of the size of the project, you're going to get a solution that is specifically created for you and your business. No cookie cutter, one size fits approach here. So Amy and her band of fearless marketers can help you with all that stuff that you think you can do, but you're not really that good at it. You don't have time for it. They can do that. They're the experts. It's what they do. Web design, online conversion, optimization, SEO, uh, graphic design, marketing, page management, all that stuff. Go let them do that. Don't handle that yourself. Go check them out at mcwilliamsmarketing.com. See what all they can do. They're amazing people. Teak Patnick with Patnick Realit. He really does it all in the real estate world. General real estate sales, acquisitions, property management, investments, all that good stuff. You're not just a transaction with Teak. He really wants to build a relationship for life with you. He has built his whole business on prayer, hard work ethic, honesty, and results. You can trust Patnick Realty with all your real estate needs. Hey, I trust my brother from another mother, Teak, and you should too. Give him a call, 256-694-0117, or email him at teak at patnickco.com. Hey, if your child's struggling with math, are you frustrated trying to help them? Then you need Mathnasium of Madison. They will meet your child where they are and help them get where they need to go. And they will do this in a positive and uplifting environment. You'll see measurable changes in attitude, confidence, and school progress. And go to their website, mathnasium.com slash madisonal, and sign up for the assessment. It is a risk-free and cost-free process that will tell you exactly where your child stands academically. Check them out again, mathnasium.com, madisonal. You know what you need in your life? Some apparel app. 
It's where I get all my t-shirts and the Hope Dealer stickers there and all my stuff over there. But you can brand just about anything you want there. Whether you have an idea of what you want or you have no idea where to start, they can help you. Go check out their website, apparelab.inc, I-N-K. You, or you can email them at theapparelab at gmail.com. Use a promo code RELENTLESS. Save yourself some money. Get some great products. Hey, these are awesome businesses. Go support them. They're out supporting positivity, and they will do you right. Have an awesome day.